This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets and Reekside Steakhouse. Yeah, we thought we'd take the opportunity while we were at this wonderful holiday time when, you know, of course, we're appreciative throughout the year, but especially as we run into what I can't believe, Court, is our ninth year of doing this podcast. I think for more than half of those now, we have had the pleasure of having both Zupan's Markets and Ringside Steakhouse support us with their sponsorship. And therefore, they've been supporting our Portland food world as well to get these stories out there and to keep us doing this podcast. It has, I can't state enough how wonderful it is to have two supportive, uh, consistent sponsors over the years uh zoopans and ringside to be with us court not just that but uh two portland institutions uh you know businesses that have been supporting the local food community for for years on their own zoopans markets and and ringside steakhouse so uh we're appreciated of them and as we you know as we head into this podcast today on this uh holiday end of year weeks we should also remind people both zoopans markets and ringside steakhouse is a great thing is a great way to celebrate the holidays let them help you right and i have to say one of the reasons we're so appreciative is it's really having been in advertising for years it is really awesome to be able to endorse and talk about businesses that you really from your heart believe in and i love zupans we love going in there uh, to shop and the people there have all been wonderful from Michael and Eleanor right down to all the employees who treat us so well and I can sh- surely say the same thing for Ringside Steakhouse from the, the uh, Peterson family and my friend Craig right down through everyone there uh, I was just talking this morning about Susan the server who I think is probably one of the best servers in the city of Portland and reason unto herself just to go to ringside steakhouse hands down so definitely make sure you check out zoopans.com to find out all the different holiday hours you can pop in there for some last minute holiday ideas and book yourself a reservation at ringside steakhouse at ringsidesteakhouse.com All right, here it is. Time once again, it's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. And I'm Court Johnson from Portland Radio, kink.fm. And Chris, this is a episode that we didn't necessarily plan on doing, or at least an introduction to an episode that we didn't necessarily plan on doing, because things have changed in a short amount of time, in a a week's time. Right. We we recorded an uh, an interview with Nico Vergara last week of Nico's Ice Cream at the suggestion of Nate from Pips. Always great suggestions come from him. And uh, it was an interesting interview of, uh, with Nico from his uh, childhood days in Portland, traveling around the world, discovering New Zealand-style ice cream and introducing that to the Portland food world. Well, you called to my attention this morning um, some very unfortunate news, which is unfortunately, <laughs> to use the word twice uh, in one sentence, 
happening all too often in Portland. This vandalism and theft and crime problem in Portland it just seems to be with us now and it hit Nico's yesterday with the theft of his uh, of his cart. It's uh, not a food cart per se but his trailer uh, from which he serves ice cream and he started his business it was stolen from outside of his house yesterday morning. Yeah, definitely not, uh, as you pointed out, that, that anybody wants to wake something to wake up to. And that's what he did is woke up to a, a missing trailer out front. And in a, in a world where the margin, the profit margin in the food industry, is, as many people know, is so thin, something like this uh, can not only be disruptive, but in in some cases just kind of could could finish you off in terms of a, as a business. Right. So uh, and, you know, terrible thing. These people will go to any measures. Apparently they were masked. And uh, Nico saw the pavement scraped. He had it locked and they actually dragged the locks on the wheels down the pavement to, to take off with it. And it's, it's just crazy. So there is a GoFundMe to help them recover. And I hope they surpass their goal and are able to get two food carts because this stuff or food truck, whatever they food, what is it? Ice cream cart. Let's call it an ice there cream cart. There we go. That, that works. Um, I hope they're able to get another one out of it because, uh, you know, if you listen to this interview and when you listen to this interview, you'll hear Nico's a really great guy. These people work very hard to get things going. As you mentioned, the margins are slim and no one needs this shit in the middle of the winter. So um, apparently the GoFundMe isn't on the website yet. So let's help you get there. In our show notes, you'll find a link. So just click on wherever you listen to this podcast and there'll be a link to the GoFundMe to help Nico recover the cost for the stolen cargo trailer. That's what it is. It's an ice cream trailer. Uh, or you can go to GoFundMe, which is easy to find. And then on the top left, there's a search, uh, a search prompt and just put in Nico's ice cream and you'll find it right there. It's the first thing that comes up. So... Um, so go and uh, if you are able to donate and help Nico, or the gentleman that you'll hear in this interview coming up who you'll, you'll like and want to support, help him raise funds to recover the cost for the stolen cargo trailer from which he served his ice cream in better weather. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. Portland Food Adventures. Join our host, Chris Angelis, and his colleague, Austri Enzyme, next September for a wildly delicious adventure through Western Sicily. Palermo, Marsala, and lots in between. Book now to make sure you don't miss the best of Sicily. Since 2015, PFA has been taking Portlanders on incredible journeys with Portland chefs and artisans to Europe and beyond. Check out the Trips tab at portlandfoodadventures.com for Sicily, Spain, and more. Or contact Chris through the website right now while you're listening to the podcast and by 
HonorConnor.org. Honor Connor is a community based around those affected by suicide, a compassionate group of volunteers ready to help transform grief into empowerment and action that was formed by Scott and Lisa Johnson after their beloved son Connor tragically took his own life. Visit HonorConnor.org, that's C-O-N-N-O-R, to see what resources are available to you and how you can help families in need. Anyway, thanks. It's always good to meet one of Nate's friends in the business because he's got he's got a pretty good radar for cool people. He does. Well, he's a very cool person himself. So yeah, yeah. We and I thought it was interesting that he had a um, he had a mandate not to do any podcasts in 2021. So I guess I could wait a couple of weeks, but we've had him on a couple of times. That's awesome. That's awesome. So. So you haven't been in you ha, you haven't been in your own ice cream business too long. I yeah I have not. Um, started Nico's. Uh, let's see. I must have started end of May, so only a couple months here. And that was pre that you didn't even that's when you had the food cart or is that the brick and mortar? No, so I mean I. I didn't have the food cart until second week of July. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so even less time. Uh, we I was doing a custom build, but with COVID, it was taking forever to get everything to actually build it. Um, but I was, you know, I was anxious, so I was like, let's. I mean, I want to get something going. So we, I ended up selling the little to-go half pints. Um, right. And did a couple of those pop-ups around town while I was waiting uh, for the card to be finished building. Nice. I remember there's another, of course it's going to come up in this podcast. Not necessarily, of course, but it does. <laughs> there, there was another ice cream maker in Portland that's done pretty well, and I, that not too far from where you are, I remember seeing the first cart outside of Aviary long ago. And I don't know if Salt and Straw had visions I'm sure they did because they realized it. Do you have those sort of visions right now? Do you feel like uh, you do you want to grow to be that large an organization? Uh, you know, there's there's a part of me where, you know, I definitely have like my long term goals. Um, but I and I I wrote in one of my captions recently. Um, you know, I had I had a three year plan for Nico's. Um, mm-hmm. and I had it all dialed in, in my head and, and at year three was get a brick and mortar. Um, and that happened in eight months. So I think, you know, part of me is kind of just running this business day to day and just pushing myself as much as possible day to day. Um, but again, I mean, yeah, I mean, one of my, one of my dreams is just, I mean, just to grow this as, as large as possible throughout Oregon, Washington, California, Etc. Um, but starts here in Portland. So I think you've got, you know, you've got one thing, you got a lot of things I'm sure going for you. I don't know. I haven't really been there. I just met you via, uh, you know, a, an introduction the other day, but your, your ice cream, your New Zealand style ice cream looks different and unique. And right then and there, I think that gives people a reason to go, Hey, let's try this this place yeah. instead of the many other ice cream places in Portland. So I think that's that gives you a leg up. Where did you learn about New Zealand ice cream? Because I'm just learning about it this week. <laughs> yeah, um, 
it, it was it was actually a, a trip there and it's again it's it's New Zealand style it's it's everywhere in New Zealand it's in a lot of places in Australia uh, but it was it was learned on a trip there um, and yeah told a couple people this story but you know uh, I mean longer story relatively shorter is you know was there and you know it was a little a little cart and said can I you know can I get some ice cream and saw the machine going to work and I was like, what is this? You know, this is crazy. And they're like, what do you mean? What is this? And I was like, what is like, what is this? <laughs> and they're like, they're like ice cream. And I was like, okay, I know, but I've never seen this machine, this, whatever you guys are doing. And they were just in awe. They were like, what is this guy talking about? Um, but yeah, that's, that's where it was, it was learned from. And, and I obviously have never, never had that kind of ice cream before. And, started doing research and digging right away. And I was like, there's really only that I know of, uh, maybe three or four, uh, of the same real fruit ice cream companies in the U S and Canada. Um, so it's a very small, small number. So when you say real fruit, what exactly does that mean? Because you know, you can find a lot in the grocer's freezer yeah. with fruit and we can taste fruit in there. <laughs> yeah. What, what, when you say real fruit, what are you talking about? So basically the process of my ice cream, it's a, it's a big metal machine. Basically you throw vanilla ice cream into this funnel and then we throw real fruit, fresh fruit. I get all my fruit from the Willamette Valley. It's all, it's all local. So then you throw the fruit in that funnel and auger blends it all together. Um, and it comes out like a soft serve texture. And so it's all made to order. Um, so like if you're ordering Marionberry or raspberry, like you're going to get the seeds in there. Um, you know, sometimes we get people saying, Hey, I don't want the seeds in there. I'm like, the seeds are in the fruit. You're going to get some seeds. It's real fruit ice cream. Um, too bad. Gee, <laughs> that's your problem. That's your problem. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's, that's what real fruit ice cream means. Um, it's yeah, it's just literally real fruit ice cream, and again, it's all all the marion berries, the strawberries, the blueberries, and the raspberries are all for, here from the Willamette Valley. So does it become like a mission? I wish I had been before. Yeah, I yeah. Well, you, you, okay. you'll come after. I'll get I'll get there, and we're hoping some listeners get there to say, "Geez, he should have been there before that." But. <laughs> So is it more like a, uh, is it mixed in or are we going to get layers? It looks like when I look at the images that we get layers of fruit with, you know, what for me looks like what I grew up with was Carvel ice cream. Yeah. So soft serve. Yeah. Is it, a, is it like a circular um, uh, layer? Uh, not layer. What, I'm, what am I trying to think of? You know, does it go round and round and round or is it just all mixed up? It's more so on the layer side. I mean, like you, I mean, if you if you come and, and your buddy comes to get ice cream, you guys can get the same flavor. It's gonna taste a little bit different, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because of you know of the berries and the the vanilla. And so it's more so it's more so on the layer side. So it comes out. Um, it's hard to explain, but it, it comes out of the bottle, the bottom of the funnel, and so then we we swirl it with the cone with the cup. Yeah. Swirl, swirl. Yeah. The single <laughs> swirl was what I was trying to get to. I, listen, by the way, I will have probably said it in the intro, but I got boosted yesterday and I'm just like, I, I'm okay now. A couple of hours ago, I wouldn't have even been able to come up with the concept of 
anything. Yeah, no, you're so, good. You're good. Um, I'm doing my best here. So, um, and and so you worked in an ice cream spot before that in Portland. Yeah. So you have some ice cream experience. So when you tried that in Australia, was it like the big light bulb that you got all excited and, you know, started going at it while you were still there? I mean, New Zealand. Yeah. While you were still in New Zealand? Yeah. I mean, it. the light bulb went off right away. Um, and I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit of some sort, I, I, you know, I, my my path took a different path than many people and I knew that I wanted to start something that was mine. Um, I knew I wanted to be my own boss, but I never knew what it was going to be. And when I had that ice cream, I was like, ding, um, and had to but figure it doesn't happen like that. It's not, it's not like you go to an app and say, okay, I'm going to do New Zealand style ice cream and click and just have it happen. It's a big, it's, yeah. it's a big deal. And you, you appear pretty young to me. Yeah. So when, you know, you must've had a boss or two or three or four in your life 100%. where you said, I don't want to fucking do this, man. I want to be my own boss. hundred percent. Yeah. I, m most of my jobs have been in uh, restaurant work, which is, I mean, I applaud everybody in the restaurant industry. It's it's tough and it's long hours and it's, you know, in some places it's people yelling at you and telling you to hurry up when you're going 100 miles, 100 miles per hour already. And uh, yeah, so I've definitely had plenty of bosses. Um, and yeah, just again, just for a long time, I have known that I wanted to be my own boss and, um, and be able to control my schedule and do all that. Um, but yeah. Did you have a particular miserable boss that put you over the edge? And do you have any anecdotes without naming names that you can tell us? Uh, I mean, there's one, there's one specific boss that I, I, you know, it, it was, he wasn't necessarily horrible, but I, I felt like I put in a lot of time and a lot of hours and felt like, in a, you know, I feel like a lot of people have this instance one at one point or another, but I felt like I put in a lot of heart and soul into, into the business that I was at, um, and a lot of extra work and was very undervalued and underappreciated and just felt like at the end of the day, I still wasn't seen, even though the team was very small. And that was one of the things that pushed me even more. And it was like, I want to be my own boss, but I want to be a good boss for other people as well. I want, and I, I, I don't like to use the word employees. I like to use like team members um, because I don't know. It's, it's just like that level of, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a certain hierarchy with the term employees and yeah. team is team is more of a yeah. spirit. And so, and yeah, and so I knew that I wanted to, you know, be a good boss and have these team members that felt appreciated, felt seen and felt taken care of. Um, and so that specific instance that I'm speaking of uh, really put fire under my belly. Um, and it still has, it still puts fire under my belly to be just a better boss and a better person uh, in, with Nico's. Right. Well, I have, I'm, you know, I'm kind of an East Coast cynic. So I kind of believe, like some politicians, not to compare you to a politician, <laughs> but you start out with all good intentions and then the business side of the equation can get in the way and cause you not only to make specific decisions that you'd probably rather not want to make, but they create the stress that maybe cause you to be somebody you don't want to be. Yeah. And so I would imagine that happens, but I'm going to say the fact 
that I was chatting with Nate Snell at Pips, who does everything he can to provide the best possible workplace. And I do believe a lot of people try to. Yes. Like Nate isn't the only one out there. But the, the fact that he recommended you, if you didn't pass muster with his standards, <laughs> there's no way he would have said, here, call this guy Nico, you're going to love him, um, to, to do. So that, to me, uh, says that you've, you know, you've raised the bar already in your early tenure, but you're going to have, I assume you're going to have some challenges going forward, you know, when you've yeah. got a couple of stores and you're not staffed enough and you got people with kids yeah. outside, you know, online. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, Nate... Nate is an inspiration. And like you said, I mean, speaking specifically on Portland, I guess, just because we're here is, you know, there's a lot of people that try to create that environment or say they're going to create that environment, but they don't actually do it. And that's why um, connecting with Nate from Pips has been amazing because he's one of those people that actually does that and creates a safe space for his team members and and creates you know opportunity for absolutely everybody and it's very empowering and and it's yeah very admirable to say the least i also think nate has put himself out there on the line to talk yeah. about it so much you can't you can't be the way nate is and talk about how important it is and then you can you you can never not deliver yeah. you have to deliver 24 hours a day yeah. and we're not only talking about with your employees but with customers yep. too. And that's one reason Pips has lines out the door. Are there any people who are saying, you know what, the line's a little long here, maybe we'll, let's go get some ice cream. Hey, why not? Or is it going the other way around? Maybe it's going the other way around. Why not, why not? <laughs> so have you talked about doing any kind of, you've done some uh, interesting promotions. I saw you did something with a, with uh, out in Troutdale, is that out in Troutdale? Yeah, yeah. My 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 friend's a pilot, and we talked about you got to be careful about what you do commercially with that. So yeah. you were giving away ten dollar flights and ice cream. People bought ice cream, I think. Yeah. So you got a creative mind. Yeah. And you got any other things going on that are kind of fun? Uh, I mean, just just a lot of. A lot of random things like we just yesterday I just delivered some half pints uh, to the Oregon coast, which is our first, you know, account outside of Portland, which is where's that it's in Nesquin. Oh, okay. And so we I delivered those yesterday, which was very exciting. Um, let's see what else do we have in the works. We need to get you up in the north coast up in Manzanita. And I can maybe make a few introductions, but Manzanita is somewhere up here because yeah. Nesco is is a little far. Yeah, exactly. It, um, it's out there, and it doesn't have. Well, you're not the store there, but it doesn't have the population to yeah. really put you put you over the top. Exactly. There. Yeah. This doesn't either. Yeah. I mean, maybe Lincoln City and Newport do, or supposedly, per, perhaps Astoria. But yeah. anyway, it would be nice. I just say that selfishly. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, and so and then we, you know, we're. We uh, have co collaborations in the works, and actually one of them uh, is with Pips and Nate. Um, and so we're working on a little little donut ice cream combination. I won't give too much away, but it will be very, very exciting. And so that will come out uh, sometime in January. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be doing this thing starting in the new year called Tropical Thursdays. And so we have our four main flavors, which are Marionberry, Raspberry, Blueberry, and Strawberry. 
but every Thursday starting in January, we're going to do mango, banana, and pineapple. Um, and, oh, that sounds great. And I specifically wanted to bring that back because I'm a big sunshine guy. I thrive in the sunshine. And I'm like, hey, you know, I don't care what the weather is in January. We're going to bring some sunshine to people and bring the tropical flavors no matter the weather outside. Well, that I think that's an, a noble thing to do for Portlanders because <laughs> by I always say by January, February, if you live here, and I used to live in the Northeast, you gotta you gotta go somewhere else just for at least some time during the uh, during the winter. But if you can give people a little mental escape, yeah. that's awesome yeah. too. So that being said, you like you know you're mentioning that you like tropical destinations. You have quite an interesting resume of traveling around the world. T talk about some of your favorite destinations and some of your favorite adventures. Yeah, um, I, I'm half Chilean, so actually half of, half of my family still lives down in Chile in a little, a little town called Linares, which is three hours south of the capital, Santiago. Um, so I feel a deep-rooted connection to South America, Chile in particular, but... Um, one of my favorite trips uh, when I went to South America, backed back by myself for about a year, um, and went to Chile, uh, Peru, Bolivia, Argentina, Brazil, and Colombia, um, and just explored and adventured. Uh, and a lot of the adventure came because I didn't have a lot, I didn't have, I mean, basically any money in my pockets for that adventure. That's an adventure. How old were you? Uh, How old were you? I was, let's see, I was 20. So do I recall you saying that you were hitchhiking around down there? For I mean, there, you know, towards the end, yeah, when there was really no money in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that, you know, that's not, if you were to give me a map and say, where is it that you would want to hitchhike? Yeah. It wouldn't, that would not be the region <laughs> of the world I would pick as a, as a destination. Yeah. And, and, uh, I mean, one of my, one of my favorite stories to this day, uh, is that I was headed, I was on the coast of Colombia, um, near the border of Venezuela. It's a little village called Palomino. And, um, it was towards the end of my trip. It was, you know, my last week or so, like my or my last two weeks. And I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't really have ton, like any money. I hadn't. I had a flight back to the United States, um, and so I went knocking on this hostel door. And this this older lady came and said, Hey, how, you know, how can I help you? And I said, Well, just let me finish my sentence before you slam the door in my face. Um, I said, I don't. I don't have any money. I'm, I'm willing to cook for guests. I'm willing to do anything just to have a roof over my head and just a bed to sleep in. And she took me to the back of the hostel and said, and there were four huge mango trees. And she said, she said, tomorrow morning at five in the morning, you climb up these mango trees, you pick the mangoes, you peel them and you make mango juice for everybody in the hostel. And I said, done deal. Woke up the next morning. I was like, shit. I don't know how to climb a mango tree, <laughs> you know. Did you even, did you even know how to make mango juice for no, out of that? No, I, I had it's a certain I, kind of fruit. It's not like peeling an orange. Yeah, squeeze. No, it. exactly. And so <laughs> and so the climbing up the mango trees was a, a trip within itself. I was just like, what am I doing? Um, but I coincidentally, 
ended up staying there for about a week and a half and this this lovely woman named Lulu uh, let me stay there for free um, as long as I continued to pick mangoes every morning and I ended up uh, helping the cook at the hostel uh, cook two meals a day for for everybody and um, so it was adventures and in, in instances like that were were uh, kind of what I feel like shaped me as a person yeah that the easy stuff doesn't really shape you. It's, no. it's you were living on a tightrope there, <laughs> and you had to make do. And you're young. You don't. You know. I guess it's easier. I had some of my best adventures at 20. Yeah. But it involved a car yeah. going across the country. But I had a rotary engine Mazda in the late 70s, and that thing broke down in every state. <laughs> and I don't. I don't recall how I actually got out of those things. I didn't. I don't think I had any money per se, but. Yeah, those things, uh, did you ever have a, like a near-death experience? Like, were you, you know, at the end of the day, were sweating? And stuff? <laughs> I escaped that? Um, there, there was one in particular, and I, I, I ended up telling my, my mother about this story like two, three years later because I was like, she's going to kill me. But... Uh, <laughs> I, and it sounds that's it, the near death experience. <laughs> <laughs> two death, two near death experiences. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, in Colombia, great country, absolutely love it. And I spent a, a lot of time there, and I just I love the people, I love the food, everything. But one of my experiences was I was I was um, in the jungle, going from Cartagena to this island called Isla Baru, and again didn't have tons of money. And so I couldn't take the bus that was like $90 one way to get, you know, to the peninsula then to get to the island. And so I, I talked to this, to this local and I said, Hey, like, do you know a cheaper way to get to the island? And he goes, yeah, yeah. Like come with me. So I came with him and he says, I'm going to call my cousin. My cousin's going to drive you to the boat. Our other, our other cousin will drive the boat to the island. And it was like the equivalent of like $10. And I was like, perfect and then half so the drive was like a total of like 20 30 minutes 10 minutes in i was just looking around and in the car that i was in everything was stripped like the sides were stripped the seats were just bare and i was just in the middle of the the colombian jungle with this random guy that i did not know and i was like this is not good this was a horrible idea and i just i had my backpack that had all my belongings um we made it to the boat, the little, you know, the little tin boat. Um, and I was like, well, I'm already this far, you know, like there's no way, you know, I didn't have service. Right. And to back out at that point, you create a scene that you don't want to do with these people. Exactly. And so, <laughs> you just, yeah. You and kind of have to go with it. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, getting to the boat and got, got to my final destination, but about 10, 15 minutes into that car ride, I was like, this was not smart. <laughs> well, that, you know, you had some training. I'm going to, I'm going to cite two different things. You had that training of fear and horror and making something happen, which I'm sure is a opening a new business in Portland, Oregon in 2021 had some some you know horror stories yeah. involved with it too not maybe not that scary <laughs> not life and death but you got to get through it and then the other thing is that 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 makes an impression upon me is when you serve that mango ice cream 
Man, that's coming from your heart. Yeah. You have to learn about mangoes <laughs> the hard way and the organic way. Yeah. Speaking of organic, you you learned everything about organo, uh, uh, mangoes fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, you know, obviously very scary um, starting Nikos um, as a whole. I mean, I was, you know, I feel like there's been multiple instances that I've had these these days where I'm like, am I doing the right thing? This is, you know, and then telling myself, you know, this is beyond scary. Um, and especially in a pandemic, um, you know, and all those things. But I, I just go. It's good pandemic food, by the way. If you're gonna open, <laughs> it is. No, it, it is. It's yeah. stop up and leave, you know, get yeah. out. So, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, is there anything in particular that proved more challenging for you than you anticipated? And I'm also, I want to ask, so I don't forget. Do you have anybody, any any uh, mentors in the business that you can go to to say, hey, listen, this is going on. What do you suggest? Yeah. They will yeah. do it freely for you. Yeah. Um, well, to answer your mentor question, I do have a good amount of mentors, um, you know, to name a few. I mean, Nate from Pips is one of them. Uh, Jared, he owns a coffee shop called St. Simon in Northeast Portland. Uh, Marcus... Uh, he owns Miss Delta on Mississippi. It's a great barbecue spot, um, mm -hmm. you know, and the list keeps on going. Uh, Angel, who owns Republica La Perlita. Um, there's a good list of mentors that I feel very, very fortunate to, to have. And I feel uh, very grateful that, you know, and I go to them with questions. I go, you know, I call them when I when I don't know what to do, because, again, this is my first business um, and there's a lot to learn. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't know, you know, and I will never know all, everything, but these, these mentors have been through it for five, 10, 15 years. Um, so those are, those are business mentors. You have any ice cream mentors that, that you can, uh, you're, so this you're doing on your own, yeah. this you're, you're learning as you go. Yeah. I am. I, right now I am learning as I go, uh, in the ice cream world itself on the business side of things. I, I have mentors, but on the ice cream thing, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Have you experienced yet uh, what impressed me about Portland from the get-go when I started doing what I was doing, you know, Portland Food Adventures, which involved chefs recommending other places, mm -hmm. just like Nate recommended you. Um, have you uh, experienced other people in the ice cream industry who are w wishing you well, or are they kind of keeping their distance? 100%. 100%. I think one of the... One of the people, you know, that I, when I've had ice cream specific questions, I've gone to Kate Williams from Kate's Ice Cream. Um, mm -hmm. And she has been, she's been amazing. She just texted me today because she's helping me um, dial a couple things in. And so we, we text back and forth and she has been uh, amazing when uh, I need ice cream related, you know, questions answered. Good. Yeah, and and that's all in Portland. You're not going outside no. of Portland. Yeah, that's e almost easier yeah. because those people don't feel as threatened. But I would think you got so many fairly seasoned ice cream businesses in Portland. They're they're they'll want to help you. They're not going to feel threatened by you yet. And even if they do get threatened, I think feel threatened. I think the prevailing mindset in Portland is, hey, the more the merrier. Let everybody. Do well. There's no one business that's going to suck it out from everybody else. 100%. I'm not so sure that it, that a lot of places didn't say that about Salt and Straw years ago. <laughs> but 
but still, you know, there are other places doing really well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in Portland, it's a great ice cream city. Yeah, it, yeah. So, and it's not really an ice cream city, right? No. Climate wise. No, not at all. <laughs> but we have some of the best ice cream in the country, I'd like to say. But it is probably the least, you know, best weather for ice cream itself, which is pretty fun. Well, it's better than Seattle. There you go. At least. There you go. We're not the worst. Right. But I listen, if you went by the last three weeks or month, I, I, can't, I wouldn't think you could sell much, but still people love it. Yeah. We've had ice cream in this weather. Yeah. So, um, so that's great. So, Chris, we're going to pause here a moment for two reasons. Uh, one, which is to remind people why they might be hearing this this conversation with Nico again. We'll get to that. But first, I wanted to ask you, uh, you've got some trips coming up in 2022, one of which you're headed to Italy and people can join you. Western Sicily in September 2022. This was a trip that was originally scheduled for two years ago. And uh, guess why? We haven't done it yet, but we're planning on it. And it is, uh, we've got a nice group going in September 2022. And we just thought it would be nice that this is being released two days before Christmas, last minute Christmas gift by yourself or yourselves or your friends. Um, a uh, trip to Western Sicily with my dear friend and the best Italian travel guide in the world, Austria Ensign, and uh, you can find that at PortlandFoodAdventures.com. We also have two spots left to either of our two trips to Spain with Javier and J.L. Canteras of Urdaneta in both April and September of 2022. So we've got limited, but we'd love to take you to Italy with us, and you're certainly welcome to call me. Find that information again at PortlandFoodAdventures.com. Very nice. So this is the uh, reminder for those of you that may have skipped ahead through the intro, and I don't know why you would do that, but in case that you did, you're hearing this interview with uh, Nico from Nico's Ice Cream again because of the unfortunate incident that happened with the uh, with a stolen cargo trailer in front of his house yesterday that uh, has kind of disrupted his business so as part of listening to this interview when you get to know nico and uh and if you're enjoying this uh podcast and want to help out you can find uh the gofundme campaign at gofundme just search for nico's ice cream or there it's in our show notes the link to uh, help out what do you have to, so what's your, are you in a relationship? Do you have to balance that with your business? What, what do you have going yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do I do have a partner currently, and so that's been interesting, uh, you know, navigating uh, that as well. But, you know, again, uh, you, and, the, and the, you know, that can be something that's asked in mentors as well that I've asked, for instance, Jared, who owns St. Simon, I'm like, how do you balance personal and business life because right when you start i mean you're working seven days a week you don't have a day off you're working you know there are days where i was working 14 15 16 hours a day and then people were like what do you i mean what are you doing that whole day and i was like i couldn't tell you like it just it's just well, one thing not, after only that, not only that you're uh people lose relationships over that, you know, because they can't, Yeah, you, you can want to yeah. and say, listen, I'd love to give you more attention, but I, I got a business I'm starting yeah. here. So you have to, you know what? It's kind of like a, I would imagine it's a good test of a relationship because if someone really loves you, they're going to, they're going to, you know, 
It's not all about the free ice cream. Exactly. This is the this is the <laughs> the start is the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you're beyond the start now? Uh. You know, I I I have high ambitions and goals for Nikos, and so I don't. You know, I I'm I'm one that just has felt like you know um, the grind and hustle is. I was just kind of always had it, and I don't. You know, I don't know if I'll ever. I don't see any time in the foreseeable future me slowing down whatsoever. Um, yeah, no, you got, you can go a long way. You got other cities. You got yeah. lots of locations you can open in Portland, and yeah. lots of different ways to do that. And then you have things like, you know, Shark Tank. You yeah, can think about <laughs> And if for no other reason, if you don't get the funding, you at least get out there yeah. in a big way. Yeah. So and, and and talk about distribution for retail. Yeah. Um, that could do you wonders. Exactly. So, and that, and how much of your have you developed uh, your business plan to the point where you know how much of your business you want to be retail and how much uh, 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 wholesale? Yeah, um, I have. Uh, but again, that's one of those things that has changed drastically. Um, I was, you know, at first, you know, anticipating that a lot of the storefront would bring in the money. Um to pay the bills and to pay the employees and, and all of that. But wholesale has been doing really, really well. And like I told you, like yesterday, I made a drop on the Oregon coast, which was huge uh, for me and for Nico's. Um, and so we're just, we're pushing that. We're, we're in talks right now uh, with Basics, which is a local supermarket. Um, they have four locations. And so, um, it's been it's been nice. I have I have three uh, team members who work in the shop, who work behind the bar, um, and I'm at a place now where I'm more so on the phone, doing emails, and dealing with wholesale uh, accounts, which has been nice to put more energy towards. That's cool. And getting out to Neskowin is not an easy proposition. No. That's that takes pretty much the whole day. Yeah. It takes half a day out, yeah. half a day back. <laughs> yeah. You hope that you're doing it enough so it makes a lot of sense. Yep, but exactly. Um, but, you, but you have that going on too. Um, that's, uh, I, I'm excited for you. I think, it's, I think it's awesome. And I think one of the advantages that you might have as we come into COVID, and I found myself frustrated that we can't do tasting anymore at the shop. Not yours yeah. necessarily, but other shops. I want to, but... Most people would know what your ice cream tastes like. It's not like, what is this odd flavor combination? Yeah. Let me try that. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's strawberry, blueberry, if I recall. Yeah. I'm not looking at it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think you really, you can pretty much make the case for, you don't really need to taste that. Yeah. Just get it. And if you don't, if you like something better, try it next time. Or, of course, if there's two or three of you, everybody gets something different. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I would think that eats into... I think it's great to sample for sure. Mm -hmm. You can grow a lot by sampling, and that's a different sampling than in the shop. Which one do I want to buy? Yeah. Sampling at events, I, I, you know, I, I've seen ice cream companies go nuts doing that. Yeah. And that, it's a marketing cost. 100%. So um, I'm sure you have that. You've done that, yeah. and you plan on doing yeah, that too. Exactly. It can get a little crazy. Anything free can have lines around the block. It can. Yeah. People. People <laughs> love free things, and, and I think people and people in Portland, oddly enough, love lines as well for for whatever reason. <laughs> That's why I'm not in Portland anymore. 
<laughs> uh, you know, I spend some time in Portland, but no, I've never been a, a brunch line person. I'm first one to try to find a way around it, even driving. Yeah. I don't, yeah. So I, the best thing ever is, is Google Maps to get around that traffic. So, um, but good. If people love it, they love it at they love it at Pips. Yeah. Man. They'll stand there in line and and they have social hour yeah. out there as they wait for their donuts. Yeah. It's so amazing. So were you you were and you grew up in that in, in Northeast. So you were looking for you want an organic experience, man. You're <laughs> you're making stuff that you made and you're. Your first shop is where you grew up. Do you yeah. have a lot of friends coming in and like saying, you know, I do cheering you on and, and saying, how'd you end up doing this? I do. I do. I, yeah. So I grew up in, in Northeast Portland and actually graduated Grant High School. So which is, I don't, you know, a mile and a half from my current shop. Um, mm -hmm. And so it just, it, again, it's all these things that make it, it, that makes Nico's ice cream that much more personal to me um, because it's the neighborhood I grew up. It's, it's flavors like mango that remind me of my of my travels and it's um you know uh it's all those things and yeah it just makes it a lot more personal and it's very cool seeing you know old buddies from high school uh walk in the shop and you know send me photos on instagram or text me um it's it's very very cool to to see the community um come together and, and show up and show up even in in december which has been amazing Right. And also, well, you're not downtown, so that's good. Yeah. But I was going to say, you know, you have the perspective of being fairly worldly. You've been a lot of places. And when that happens, it happened for me. But when that happens, usually a lot of people say, hey, you know what? I did 20 years in Portland or wherever you grew up. I'm ready for a new adventure. So you explored new adventures, and then what was it about Portland that made you want to come back and do it all here and live here? Because you could have chosen anywhere. Yeah. You obviously have the balls to go. <laughs> I'm going to do anywhere and live. You know, make it happen on nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, all my travels were amazing, and, and you know, I know one day in my life, uh, you know, I'd like to live, you know, full time for a certain amount of time and for instance in Colombia or Chile. Uh, but what made me want to come back to Portland now is, you know, is, is family. Um, my, my little sister lives here in Portland. My, my mother, uh, you know, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, um, they're all here. And, uh, I think a lot of, uh, one thing that a lot of people realize during COVID is that, you know, families, you know, so, so important, obviously, but just being close and eating dinner and drinking coffee with them uh, are things that a lot of people took for granted. And uh, so that was a big reason why I wanted to be back. Yeah, isn't it incredible what we didn't think twice about? Yeah. Uh, just make a reservation or not even make a reservation, just walk in and go and sit <laughs> yeah. down. And, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. So, um, have you had any difficulties with uh, the start and stop nature of uh, COVID and getting going and, you know, having to deal with regulations and all that? Uh, I have not yet uh, because the cart was all outside. So everybody was wearing masks that were coming up to our cart and, and then they would take their ice cream and they'd leave, um, which was easy. Um, and now at Nico's, uh, 
I mean, you're required to wear a mask inside. And then we ask for proof of vaccination if you'd like to sit inside and eat your ice cream. Uh, but can you walk in and buy it and then walk out without proof of vaccination? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, yeah, you can, you can walk in buy half pint. You can walk in and buy an ice cream, and you can walk out and not show proof of vaccination. It's just if you're gonna hang out. Exactly, hang out and and sit down in our little shop. Um, and so yeah, we have not run in with any problems uh, so far, which has been nice. And what about mechanically? I have a friend who owns an ice cream shop, and some of the mechanics when they break down, especially in 100 degree weather in the summer is a nightmare yeah. for an ice cream yeah. shop owner. Have you had any of that? Oof. This summer with the cart, countless. I mean, we, I mean, during the weekend of the heat wave when it was 114, we, <laughs> I mean, we, we opened, it was on a Thursday and it was like 101. And I was like, you know what? I'll be out there. My buddy was out there selling ice cream, perfect ice cream weather. And uh, then the freezer goes out. Have no clue why the freezer's out. And I go, shit, well, it's 101 degrees. The freezer's out. I mean, it's, everything's going to melt. And that was, and so we had to close for that whole entire weekend of the heat wave. The next weekend, we're like, all right, we're ready to roll. Weather's better. Let's do this. That Thursday, generator shot. Just while while we're open because the whole summer we had to use a generator to power everything um generator was just shot and i was you know i was like and that was meanwhile i remember we had like a line of like 20 people generator goes out the machine the machine doesn't work kids looking forward to their ice cream i know and and i I was on my hands and knees going on youtube how to fix it how to fix a predator 3500 generator and i'm like i don't know how to fucking do this but right. yeah, so a lot of those, a lot of those. Do you know how now? I do now. <laughs> <laughs> I also know how to fix a freezer, a little chest freezer, if you need. <laughs> now, it, you know what? It obviously has to take those things. You're not yeah. going to go to ice cream class and yeah. have someone teach you that, because even if they taught you, you get to that situation <laughs> and, and freeze up. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> you would have no idea. Yeah. So, so that. Uh, yeah, it's fun. I, those are those are fun Instagram stories too. They I are. think no one wishes you you know anything but the best. But when those things happen, not fun. <laughs> hey, not fun in the moment. But the next day, when it's fixed, it's 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 fun. Right, and the learning experience <laughs> yeah. from it. I mean, you know, it's all it's it's all a nightmare. Yeah. So, um, do you have? It's been a weird year and a half. But do you have some favorite spots in Portland you'd like to share that you like to, where you? like to hang out and then oh, the easiest way to answer that is if friends are coming in from out of town yeah and they ask you where to go where do you tell them i always ask because there are so many places and i i right I, you know i get asked from my mom who who lives here she's like i i want to where's where's a good place to eat dinner i'm like you need to narrow it down for me just a little right. bit like what are you craving um but i mean there's endless endless places i mean donuts you know pips barbecue miss delta um, I haven't been to Miss Delta for years. I used to love delicious, that place. Delicious, delicious. Yeah, um, I didn't. I honestly didn't even know it was still open. Yeah, yeah. They've been they've been going strong. Um, I mean, I think the other question too is not so much cuisine. Yeah. and food that you want. It's like, what vibe are you looking for? Yeah, are you looking for some good service? Are you just you're hungry yeah. and you want some food you've never had before that's gonna yeah. blow you away? Yeah. There's there's all sorts of opportunities. Exactly. And there. and 
like one of the things obviously is like the food cart scene food cart scene is phenomenal it's um and i'm a big food cart eater i think you know i think the the prices are cheaper i think the food is as good um sometimes if not better than brick and mortar places in portland um but i i i'm gonna ask because i i don't know i've been to a few but do, have you noticed food cart food is getting up to the 14 15 dollar yeah for uh to eat out of a box yeah so for me i'd rather for 17 18 dollars eat on a plate and be served than a box this yeah. is not to this is not to piss off all the food yeah. cart people out there but i just it's no secret anybody who listens to this podcast i have now i hit the wall a long time ago with eating out of boxes yeah no that's so, yeah that makes sense and yeah i mean the prices have gone up for sure i mean it's i think I mean, I would assume I'm not in the food cart world, but I would assume, you know, just the prices, just COVID prices has everybody just, you have to charge more, right? Like, I mean, and it sounds, it sounds stupid, but I mean, for instance, even like my Marion berries have almost doubled in price. And I think as a restaurant, you have, you have all these things on the menu and it's like, you can't charge that same price. I think people understand that now and you have harder times getting it. So not only are prices up, but you don't have what you need and then you got to substitute something else and that takes you know there's something to that yeah but yeah i think everybody's ready for it but i have to say i haven't noticed it in a lot of places but out here on the coast there's some food carts and you know i got some rice and pork for i think it was 15 dollars the other day yeah. and i thought you know i don't know that's okay but yeah i could go to i can go to the the restaurant same price yeah you know like and uh, anyway uh i'm not i try not to be critical but i always say at some point we're going to come out of COVID, and right and we have to the rest restaurants have to get back to okay what do i have to do to you know without making excuses how do i make these people happy yeah and i think we were giving everybody a lot of leeway, and it's fine. I think we should, and I still think we should. I think, you know, 25% tips, 30% tips, depending on the amount. Yeah. You know, if it's, a, <laughs> if it's an $8 thing, I don't, uh, you know, who has a problem leaving five bucks or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, at some point, I feel like that. So do you have, um, how do you start in the middle of COVID with a staff and teach them to be, good service, you know, good with service that probably I'm guessing that some of them are pretty young, right? So they don't really have a lot of experience yeah. with service. So how do you, how do you keep your pulse on that? I, I feel extremely, extremely blessed and lucky to have the, the team that I have. Uh, two out of three of my team members worked for me this summer. Uh, so they're my very first employees, if you will. Um, and uh, one is a senior at UP who uh, is the hardest worker I know, honestly, and she hustles. Um, she she does the things that I don't even think of. Uh, so it's been it's been awesome, and she she keeps me on check too. She she's always Nico. Did you eat lunch today, Nico? All these things. Wow. She, she's she's that's a good upbringing. Yeah, she's an awesome human being, and then. Uh, What's her name? Give her a shout. Her out. name's Danny. 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 Yeah, okay. she's so she's she's absolutely amazing. Um, and then I got you know two other uh, team members, Ryan and Quentin, 
who both uh, Ryan is kind of I'm kind of training him right now to be a wholesale manager. Um, mm-hmm. So he will take over the whole wholesale kind of side of things. And drive to Nescoin? Yeah, here and there. Hey, we'll, <laughs> hey, we'll split it. We'll split it. <laughs> right. Um, and then and then Quentin, yeah, as well. Um, and they're all three very very amazing. Um, and you know we've we've been opening the brick and mortar for three weeks, and I trust every single one of them to open and close without me there. And, wow. and we've we've built this That's early in the ball game to do that. Yeah, very. I would I would imagine the hiring criteria for uh, someone who works in an ice cream shop starts with are they pleasant and are they, are they happy about doing this? Yeah. Is this something they're excited about? Yeah. Because if you have, you know, a sullen ice cream scooper, yeah. that, it's a bad experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's a curb your enthusiasm episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> But so is that, you know, and you didn't know that, but I, I assume that uh, that just kind of occurred to you when you started hiring. I like this person's demeanor. Exactly. Because you probably had some that, you know, it's no secret. You probably had some that were like thought you owed them something yeah. right off the bat. Yeah, I mean. It, before they even donned the apron. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. It was uh, during the hiring process. I, you know, I had my, you know, I created my set of questions and it was, you know, I didn't tell them didn't tell anybody obviously, but I had these set of questions. I was more focused on, you know, how's our, how's our, you know, 10, 15, 20 minute conversation. Does it feel natural? You know, are you smiling a little bit? Like how do you know, do I feel like you're charismatic, et cetera? Because to me, at the end of the day, that was more important than their questions because I saw their resumes, but you know, you don't, again, you know, there's no qualifications to work at an ice cream shop. Um, right. And, and it, you know, it doesn't, I guess I won't diminish it, but I mean, you can pick it up pretty quickly. Yeah. It's, it's your attitude that really matters. Exactly. I, w- I would imagine. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, they, yeah, they're all three killing it and they have become close with each other, which makes me very happy and very, very proud. Um, and they, I mean, they work very well with each other, which is awesome. So what hours are you open at? What day, how many days a week? Right now we're open five days a week. Uh, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 3 to 9 p.m. And then Saturday and Sunday, 12 to 9 p.m. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice hours. So I guess you started to answer and then I understand why you kind of took a left turn before. But let's say someone wants to go into the Cully neighborhood and have a nice kind of casual dinner, yeah. maybe someplace they haven't been, and then ice cream. Where, what complements Nico's uh, in the area? Where would you tell people, hey, go have dinner there and come over and have some ice cream? I mean, one of the, one of the first ones that makes sense is, is Fire on the Mountain. I mean, it's diagonal, right diagonal from us. I mean, it, you, you can literally walk 60 seconds to each to right. each door um and that's probably one of the first ones i would say personally just because wings are a little heavy and then uh you know on their dessert their their main desserts are uh, you know fried oreos or fried twinkies and uh so you know having heavy- you know, a nice little, i was gonna say it's a nice little refreshing compliment to exactly spicy wings exactly so spicy heavy wings and some real fruit ice cream um another one that i that I absolutely love is uh, Bang Bang. I don't know if you've been there. 
No, but I've heard of it. Yeah, Bang Bang is is delicious, and I think you know you get a little drink from Bang Bang, you get a little you know a curry or something, and then head to Nico's. I think Bang Bang is awesome as well. Awesome. That's a good public service, by the way, because people are always looking for new ideas. Yeah. And coming from you, I think it, it makes a lot of sense and has a lot of credibility. Yeah. So, um, listen, I appreciate you taking the time. I think you open in a few minutes, but as you said, you've got it dialed in. So, <laughs> oh, you're not open today. Is it, You're not open Wednesday. We are open today. We open, yeah, we open in 10 minutes. That's, that's, that's what a good listener I am. <laughs> But you're opening soon, so I appreciate you taking the time on relatively short notice to join us here, and um, I'll look forward to meeting you. Where do people find you on Instagram and your website? Yeah. And we'll get to Yeah, so we're, we're just Nico's Ice Cream on Instagram and, and just www.nicosicecream.com. Keep it real simple. Easy to find us. Are you the poster on Instagram, or do you have a, a team of people doing I'm that? I'm the poster. I'm the poster. You're the poster. I'm the, okay. I'm the, I'm the story, the, the post. I'm, I'm everything on Instagram. I, that's something I've been learning as, as I go as well. <laughs> what percentage of your day do you think you devote to social media? Too much. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I've, I've, ta- I've talked to a lot of small business owners about it. It's like there's so many apps like the, the, because writing out the post and then finding the right photo is like, you know, and there's these apps that can post it for you, but they cost money. And I'm like, I don't have this money to spend on a $20, $20 a month app, whatever. But, uh, yeah, but it, it's... There's cheaper ones, and there's some that are really cool. There's one called Viva Video that does easy, awesome videos with music behind yeah. it that's all that's all cleared and all that stuff. So, Interesting. Uh, you know, it's... It for me, it's the hashtags yeah. that are such the bane of my existence because sometimes I just skip it because it's like I know I'm supposed to do this, but I can't. You, come up you with see, everything. so for the hashtags, I got a little got a little note section in my folder, copy and paste every time. Okay. Keep the same ones. Yeah. All right. I've only been doing, I've only been doing this since what AOL. So, uh, and I don't have that one dialed in. I knew there was a way to do it, but it's just. Oh God, it's a lot of work. So <laughs> thanks so much. I will look, I really look forward to your ice cream. I did have the opportunity to go to Australia a few years ago and we were there, you know, in a beautiful time of year in April. And I don't remember any of the New Zealand style ice cream you're talking well, about. You'll, you'll, when Next time you're in Portland, come, come on over the shop and, and we'll get you squared away. Actually, I have to hook up with Nate next week. So there you go. Um, I will. I will do my best to get over there. There you go. Uh, all right, Nico. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much for having me. I look forward to, to listening to this when it's posted. Yeah, no, I think you'll be comfortable with it. Not, people aren't always comfortable with their own voice. And, <laughs> but I think, uh, I think it'll be helpful for a lot of people out there. And, um, you know, I hope you see some new faces, including mine. Yeah, I, and I, I look, I look forward to meeting you in person as well. And again, I appreciate you having me on. My pleasure. It's really nice to meet new, exciting people doing really cool things. Thank you. So very thank much. you so much. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Appreciate Bye. it. Bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right